On today's podcast, my guest is Erin Harmon. Erin is the creator of the blog, Erin Evolving, and she is partnering with me and two other bloggers in a monthly virtual book club that we are sharing on our blogs starting next week. We talk about that and more on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Lynn, and I'm your host of the Living Large in a Small House podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy this new episode. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well, Lynn. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit better. But first, can you share with my listeners a little bit about yourself and where you live? Sure. Um, Thank you for asking. I live in Western Maryland. It's about 80 miles northwest of both Baltimore and DC. So it's a um, small town with access to a couple of big cities. Um, I live with my husband. We have three grown children, um, two daughters and a son. None of them live close to home. They've all um, flown from the nest and they live pretty far away. They're all married, two of them. The two youngest both got married last fall. And um, we spend a lot of time doing um, home decor, updating our house, home renovations, uh, like your husband. I've listened to your introduction. My husband is very handy, and we've been doing a lot of things to our house since the kids aren't here anymore to kind of make it a better fit for our emptiness lifestyle. We, uh, like, we run with our dog, Olive. We have an Australian cattle dog. We're big animal lovers. Uh And um, that's, I I do work full-time. I have a full-time job. I work for a regional higher education center doing um, communications, public relations, advancement, and um, that's about it. Yeah. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into that in a little bit. But first I wanted to share that you and I don't know each other very well. And we were introduced by Crystal from Sweet Valley Acres, but we do have some things in common. you're in a blogging tribe with a lot of people that I do know pretty well. We're both bloggers. We both love design. And while I was checking you out in your social media, it's pretty clear that you're also a lover of vintage, which I'm a huge lover of vintage. And we both are empty nesters who help their kids with home renovations. So can you share what kind of renovations you've tackled outside of your home with your kids? Have you really done anything yet? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, our kids, our two older kids live in Denver where the housing market is, is really tight. And to get into a home, they both had to buy fixer uppers. But quite honestly, we always knew they'd buy fixer uppers because uh, they're our, ch- our children. Uh-huh. Um, our son has a historic home. It's in the historic district. And when he bought it, there was almost no kitchen at all. He's done most of the work himself, but we've made many trips to Denver, uh, helped put in the kitchen floor. My husband completely rewired the house. It needed new electrical. Gosh, what else have we done? We've painted a lot. I painted the bathroom floor and uh, did a, a faux marble finish on it for them when we were out there at one point. Um, it's a cute bathroom with a clawfoot tub and the floor was pretty it was it had been updated but not in a good way so we painted that oh gosh and in our daughter's home um 
what have we done there? Plumbing. My husband's done a lot of plumbing in that house. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of time, it has plaster walls. So I spent a lot of time helping to repair some plaster walls. Uh, the, the people before had hung faux, ugly faux brick all over the walls. So my younger daughter and I spent a, a weekend chipping off faux brick. I updated, one thing that I really like to do is find ways to update things that you already have. And so I had actually updated a chandelier in our house and there was a chandelier in my daughter Megan's house that I thought could be updated. So we took it all apart, added a drum shade and made it really cute. She loves it. It was, so it was kind of an ugly, I keep using the word ugly, um, maybe just not her style, right? 90s chandelier. And we updated that. So I'm sure there's more, lots of things. Yeah, we just came back from Dallas um, helping our kid, our daughter. Um, They just bought a house. It'll be a year in February. And they bought, my philosophy is kind of like yours, like buy the worst house in the best neighborhood and then fix it up yourself so that you are the ones who make the money on your investment. Annie's husband, Tommy, is from Manhattan and has always lived in an apartment. And so one, he's not handy. Two, he just didn't understand the whole concept of owning a home. And he was kind of like the houses that were a little bit more updated and glitzy. Well, they bought a flip and I use the flip very loosely because it's a mess. And so when they moved in, we had a lot of stuff to help them with, with, I mean, there wasn't a shower door, there was some plumbing issues, there was, I mean, right away, we found a lot of problems in the kitchen, we had to rip out a cabinet so that their um, refrigerator would even fit into the space. And once we did that, we knew that the kitchen was not too far down the line that we'd have to refinish it. um, Because they the cabinets were old, they were just painted white. And they just didn't want to live in this kitchen that had a hole in the wall where cabinets where the cabinets were. So we just came back at Christmas time from putting in a whole gutting and putting in a whole new kitchen. But we found plumbing issues, electrical issues, you name it, it's, there was quite a bit that was hidden up behind the walls. And it actually kind of scares me what we don't know. Right. What was in there. So I totally understand that part. And my youngest just moved into an apartment in in Chicago. And um, even though she's a renter, she still appreciates her house looking nice. So we've helped her with a lot of things too. So yeah, it's fun. But now let's talk about your job because you do have a full-time job as the Director of, of Advancement and Outreach for the University System of Maryland at Hagerstown. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Yes, USMH, if that's easier. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what exactly you do there? Because I know that there's event planning involved and that to me has always been fascinating. There is event planning, and my my favorite event is a scholarship fundraiser that we do every year in December. It's called the Feast and Frolic. Um, Our town was originally named Elizabethtown for the founder's wife, so we kind of did a play on that and tie in the Renaissance and Queen Elizabeth, and there's a wonderful um, 
Maryland Renaissance Festival actor who plays the queen. She comes and for several years in a row, she would knight um, one of our um, benefactors, one of our donors, somebody who's been a big supporter and do a whole knighting ceremony. She, she speaks in um, you know old English and teaches people how to uh, use Renaissance speak. But what I love about it is the the decor, my mom and I, the first year made what we call tapestries. We found some beautiful fabric and a couple different kinds and got a couple of kinds on sale, added fringe and tassels and made tapestries to hang on the walls. Uh, we made runners. There's a local florist who has just gorgeous way with designing flower arrangements. He uses lots of natural elements and sticks and mosses and he does all of the flower arranging for us and they're just beautiful. And a couple of years ago, we changed up the theme a little bit to a modern Renaissance through education. And so we added to the table decorations, globes and old books, a telescope, an old telescope that we had, just all kinds of vintagey kinds of things that looked old world, but, you know, looked at the, the educational aspect of the Renaissance, I guess. So I love planning that event just because I love decorating for it. It's 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 fun to do that. Uh, when we started, we held it in a tent and we actually hung um, uh, wrought iron chandeliers down the middle of the tent. And um, it's just, it's been a fun event. So that is part of my job, but it's tied to raising funds for scholarships. Very cool. Very, very cool. I, um, I, when I saw that you were an event planner, I, it's something I've always thought I would enjoy because it's being able to take my passion into my job, which is obviously what you do too. But you're also a blogger. So can you tell me how long have you been blogging and what you blog about? Sure. I, I had always wanted to start a blog. And um, throughout 2020, I was working from home, as many people were. That was a first for me. And also, uh, my job was not as demanding. We weren't holding events, students right. were on campus. And so for a lot of reasons, it wasn't as demanding. I still worked full time, but I wasn't working extra hours. I wasn't I wasn't putting in the time driving to and from work or putting makeup on in the morning or right. <laughs> even um, regular clothes some days. So it gave me more time to start the blog. And I it's the name of my blog is Erin Evolving. And I wonder sometimes if I should change it. I thought I would do more lifestyle kinds of things. It was tough for me. My oldest and youngest kids are nine years apart. So I was a mom for a long time and had young kids in the house for a long time. I'm still a mom, but I was raising kids for a long time. And when I became an empty nester, I did feel a little lost, even though I worked and had a full life. It was it was a tough thing for me. And then when my kids moved so far from home, that was never what I envisioned for my life. I was sure they, I, I thought they would live because we have close access to cities. I didn't think they'd be small town people. They're, they're just not. I thought they would head toward the cities, but I thought they would be, you know, they'd be able to drive home for dinner one night or for a weekend. But they're, um, they're currently a 24 hour drive away or a 12 hour drive. My, my youngest daughter, I didn't mention that, her husband is in the Navy. So they're moving around a lot right now. They're in Florida. Uh -huh. Anyway, so I, I knew, you know, I've, I had a little bit of depression over it and felt a little sorry for myself, but I think life changes and you have to change with it. 
and I want to support them. They're all happy. They're all, you know, hardworking. They're good people. So I thought, you know, Aaron evolving. I did the the alliteration with the my with the E and kind of thought I would write about lifestyle. But what I what happened was my my son helped me set up the blog. I got a couple of blog posts written, but I knew I needed social media to support the blog, to drive people to my blog. And I started this Instagram account. Well, my Instagram took off in a way that I didn't think that it would. And I kind of became consumed with it and trying to work full time and do the Instagram and the blog just became almost impossible. So I've devoted more time to Instagram and less time to the blog. And I would really like to change that this year. Um, I would like to put a lot more time into my blog, but because my Instagram really took a home decor um, path, that's kind of what I think my blog is becoming and and less about uh, lifestyle. I probably will still add some lifestyle. The other thing I want to add, and I've always planned to add, my um, older daughter, Megan, is an excellent from scratch cook. Uh-huh. So trying to get her on board, she wants to do this, but she's a, she's busy with her life, but I'm hoping to have a feature on there where she talks about from scratch cooking and shares recipes. It, that, that to me sounds like an awesome way to grow your blog and you not to have to provide, you know, do all the right. content all the time. And, um, what an interesting way for her to kind of pursue her passions too. And it's so funny when you said that you've been a mom for a long time. Another thing we have in common, my oldest is 15 years older than my youngest. Oh, wow. So okay. I so was a mom, for a stay at home mom for a very long time. And then I actually worked for, um, went, had a corporate job for 16 years and 20. I had my blog for, I had my blog for a long time, but I never could do anything with it working full time. And it wasn't until 2020 when I really had more opportunity to stay at home, to be at home. And um, that's when my blog started to grow too. And I did notice that you had such a healthy presence on Instagram. So I was going to ask you which came first, Instagram or the blog, but sounds like they were kind of coincided. Instagram just was worked out for you faster. It, it did. It, it kind of, it kind of took off. And I, I wish that I had devoted more time to the blog first. And I think, you know, you get caught up in it. And once you see the growth, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to keep posting. I yeah, have to, I have to be this. present. Yeah. <laughs> I, and Instagram is sexy and it used to be, for me, it used to be fun. Now it seems like it's a lot of work and it really doesn't get me anywhere. Um, right. So I have really put that on a back burner and really devoted more time to my blog. And in 2023, that is actually the num- my number one focus is to draw more people to my blog because that's actually how I make money is from page views. So right. that's what I'm hoping to do as mm-hmm. well. I'm hoping for this to be my retirement job at some point. Yeah. Um, I just need to devote more time to the blog. Yeah. I, I think some people manage to make Instagram a job, but I don't think, I don't see myself doing that. Um, yeah, and- I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure how some people do it. Um, and especially when your, your passion is your home and your, vintage and beautiful pictures 
even though they that on Instagram the beautiful the beautiful pictures are really important. I don't I I'm not sure how they make money on on that. Um, right, I maybe, think you have to be trendy, uh, and and right. you have to be collaborating um, with um, trendy items, and you know trying to sell trendy items, and I'm. I'm not trendy. <laughs> right, right. And I, I have a real hard time with the whole um, putting myself out there live all the time. I don't really want to, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't want to have to be that person that Instagram wants me to be. Um, that's just not who I am. Me so, either. Yeah. Now let's talk about your house. Um, it's beautiful. And green seems to be your signature color. So talk about your house. Is it new? Is it old? I have absolutely no idea. It's a 1989 um, builder basic, I guess. I live in a neighborhood where maybe two or three builders came in and built all of the homes. My model doesn't seem to have been very popular. So I kind of like that. There aren't very many of them in the neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. I love my neighbors. And because it was built in the 80s, we have decent lot sizes. It's, we're not, you know, crammed together. Right. It was a great place to raise kids. It was a very kid-friendly neighborhood. Um, but my house didn't get a whole lot of love while the kids were home. I've always loved to decorate. But while I was raising kids and then paying for college uh -huh. for three kids, um, we didn't do a whole lot with it. I always love to decorate the kids' rooms in their favorite colors and let them help with it. My kids all enjoy decorating as well. Right. But um, the kitchen, I guess while the kids were still home, I had painted my kitchen cabinets. They were the 80s kind of orangey oak. And um, I did it the old fashioned way. I sanded them down very well, primered them right. and painted them. But we had heavy bulkheads in the kitchen that made it dark. And so a few years ago, we took all the bulkheads out, put open cubbies above, and that was kind of a phase one. We, we replaced our kitchen island countertop with a piece of granite, and that was kind of a phase one update to the kitchen. And then this past year, we took out a kitchen desk. I think a kitchen desk is great if you have a big kitchen and maybe a separate dedicated space for the desk, but our kitchen is not large. Mm -hmm. And the desk was always kind of in the way. When the kids were home, somebody was always sitting there. So I guess they they liked it. And I liked having the kids close by, but we were always tripping over the chair. Um, it was in the way when I was cooking. So anyway, we took the desk out, moved the cabinets that were that had made up the island into the space where the desk was, put in a long countertop, and um, then had a new uh, island made and a range, a range hood cover made. Is that right? Rain, range right, hood cover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then put in new countertops. So my husband and I both like to cook and it allows more counter space. It's just a lot more functional for us with our lifestyle now. And it's it's a lot prettier than it was. So that's fun. And then we wallpapered the dining room. I love, um, I don't know what my style is. I, I always try to come up with what it is. I think it's maybe casual, traditional, casual, traditional. I love um, I love European farmhouse style. But my dining room, you can see the wallpaper behind me, is kind of a 1930s vintagey look. And I've got my entire dining room is thrifted or upcycled. We upcycled the chandelier. Um, and so I think it's just kind of a collected look. I have a sofa in the living room 
that I bought in, gosh, I, I can't remember when I bought it in the, in the 80s, probably. And it's a green plaid sofa. It was, a, it was a, it was at the time, it was an expensive purchase. It was a good mm-hmm. sofa. For many years, I hated it, but because it kind of went out of style, but now I love it again. And it gets so many compliments. People are constantly asking me where they can buy that green plaid sofa. <laughs> it just makes me laugh because I think it's a green plaid sofa, but um, anyway, I, I just kind of like a collected, a little bit eclectic kind of look. Um, we updated our powder room. Our two bathrooms upstairs still need some updates. Um, we're thinking of adding a, actually adding a wall, a cased opening, a wide cased opening between the kitchen and the family room, because um, I I want to paint the whole family room a dark green color, but it flows right into my kitchen, and I don't know where to stop the paint. My husband is kind of like, we're going to add a wall so you can paint the <laughs> just for paint. <laughs> But I think there are other advantages as well. It w- I think it would give, it would allow better furniture placement maybe because it would give a place for some furniture to rest. And um, it's a long, narrow space. I, I posted about it on Instagram today and I said it really is kind of, uh, looks like a bowling alley. My favorite comment was somebody responded and said, but a bowling alley would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is interesting. I mean, we've gone through so many years of that whole concept idea, um, but putting a wall up would cozy up the space. And I know I'm kind of in the same boat. My my whole downstairs is basically a big great room. It's a kitchen, dining room, living room space. And I don't have walls to put furniture on. And it does make it challenging. So I could see why you might want to do that. I, I think we will. I think I have my husband on board. I'm sorry, I have a needy dog here. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I I just think that it would add a little bit of charm and it will still be very open. We'll have a very wide cased opening in, in the middle. From pictures, it seems like you use a lot of antiques or vintage pieces in your decor. Um, where do you find your vintage pieces or do you, you know, have you been collecting, collecting things for a long time? Um, what's the story behind some of that? So I have a couple of pieces that were handed down to me. I have a, a jelly cupboard that was my grandmother's and I just, I just love it because it was, it was hers. Um, and it's a cupboard. I see them a lot when I, when I'm in antique stores, I think they must've been very popular in the I don't know, 1920s, maybe Uh mine is painted green. And um, I have an antique corner cupboard that has been in my husband's generation. I think it's his great, great grandfather built it. Oh, wow. Um, And it has the seated glass doors. And so that's pretty cool. But then I've collected other pieces. Um, My favorite piece is a sideboard that's in my dining room. And I found that it was painted it actually was, a, it was a nice job someone had done on it, but was kind of a blah beige color that didn't work in my house. So I painted it a green color. It's a kind of a blue green color. And then I've just thrifted things. I have a mirror above it that I thrifted my dining room table and chairs. I had kind of a farmhouse table, but it didn't go with the sideboard. So we found this table and chairs. It's a table with three leaves and six chairs for $240. And I thought, well, 
even if I don't like it, we'll find something else at some point. But anyway, it goes great with the sideboard. So I love that. My mom has always been what always done what she calls the antiquing. She's always loved to do that. And um, I love to go to antique malls with her. She's a dynamo in her 80s. And she knows a lot about um, old dishes and dishware. She collects chocolate pots, beautiful chocolate pots. Ooh, I don't know if I know what that is. They, the spout is is high so that when you pour the chocolate, I won't get this right. Somehow it strains something when you pour the chocolate. Mm-hmm. She doesn't put chocolate in them. She just likes the chocolate pots. And she has a beautiful teapot collection. Um, and she's, you know, she has collected so much. She doesn't want to collect anymore. So she keeps coming home with things for me. Or <laughs> she'll, I'll get pictures all day long because she's out somewhere <laughs> thrifting. Would you, how about this? Would you like this for your house? Do you think this works? So I've collected some brown transferware. I love, I've always loved transferware. And I recently uh, collected a set of brown transferware. I collect teapots as well. Um, just, you know, dishes that I like. Um, and we just have some antique malls in the area where I love to go and see what I can find. <laughs> yeah, I am um, actually had not collected brown transferware. I have blue transferware and some pink stuff that I pull out like for Valentine's Day. And I think maybe one Christmas I did at Cranberry. I'm not much of a red person, um, but I've discovered that that brown transferware is so pretty in the fall and for autumn tablescapes. So slowly but surely, as I find those kind of things, I've been collecting them too. I also want to chat about your photography. It's amazing. Do you use use your phone? Do you use a DSLR? I use a DSLR. And I I really appreciate that that, um, comment. That's kind of you to say, because I took photography in college many, many, many years ago. I was a journalism major. And... um, I really hadn't done a whole lot with it. it. It turns out I didn't need it a whole lot in my job over the years. So I got a Canon when I started this, I just got a Canon entry-level camera. I did an online course and then I practiced a lot. And I do find, although the phones take very good pictures now, I'll take something with my phone because it would be so much faster. So many of my right. friends who do this just use their phones exclusively. And I don't think they need to spend quite as much time as I do. I mean, there's constantly a tripod and a couple of lenses. I've got, I've collected a couple of different lenses as I've learned more about what I need. And um, I just think the colors are richer when I use my camera. And I think there are people who know how to use the phone camera better than I do, who get a much better quality than I probably do with my phone. But for me, the camera still takes better pictures. Uh, For my blog, I try to always take pictures with my camera. Every now and then I'll have a phone photo that turns out and it gets posted, but not without being edited first. Well, I've had, I'm on my second and third DSLR and I still only use my phone. (laughs) You You need to give a class. Well, I can, you know, what's really funny about it is what I learned how to do was take still shots in my home. 
if I had to take my DSLR out and take pictures, you know, at family gatherings or something like that, I'm not good at it. If I don't have a tripod and, um, you know, something that's still, I, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I have learned how to use it. I'm, I'm, I have a lot more to learn, but what I've learned has been about taking photography in my home. Yeah. And that's where I struggle. Um, Cindy from um, Reinvented Delaware, she was a wedding photographer. And so she's the opposite of you. She knows she was really good with just taking her phone and being able to hold it still and be outside or be indoors and take like more action-y kind of shots. And she is learning now how to take still shots in her home. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And she, um, she, but she never uses her phone. Never. She's a diehard camera gal. And um, gosh, between the two of you, I could, there's some, a lot of learning I could do, I think with that. I'd be happy to share sometime. <laughs> I would love to learn. So about a month ago, I shared my idea about having a virtual book club um, blog hop with Cindy, whom we just from Reinvented Delaware, and Crystal from Sweet Valley Acres. And we wanted to add a fourth person to our little group. And Crystal suggested you, and the rest is history, as we now have a cozy little group of bloggers who will be sharing once a month our decor and recipes that are inspired by a book. And we're calling it the Virtual Book Club. It's going to be on the fourth Thursday of each month. We'll share a home decor inspiration from the book that we choose. And on the following Saturday, we're going to share a recipe slash food inspired also by the book. Um, this month, we've chosen Murder on the Orient Express, and it's not a book that I think that I would have ever chosen to read, but I'm loving how it's stretching my creativity. How are you feeling about this book pick? Um, I feel the same way. First, let me say how honored I am to be in this in this book club. I'm just I'm just thrilled. I love to read and I love taking beautiful pictures. And I think that that's I mean, as beautiful as I can make them. But I, I think that's what this is more about. Um, I love this pick because um, I don't always read the classics. I read novels. Uh -huh. um, I'm not a great sleeper, so I read a lot um, through the night. And um, I'm like you. I love the creativity that it's it's sparking. My dining room is very 1930s, I think, and this is set in the 1930s. So I'm excited to, you know, create something that I think is reminiscent of what would have been on this train. So I think it's I think it's fun. Yeah, I'm so excited about it too. I think it's the one of the funner things that I've done in blogging with with another group of bloggers and I, I I'm just really excited and almost to a, a fault I think I said to um Crystal the other day I'm gonna probably spend a lot of money <laughs> although I'm hoping to be thrifty like you and Cindy and find things here and there and that I can pick up on Facebook marketplace or in a little antique store that don't cost me much but all four of us are pretty much book lovers and, and readers, but you seem to be the biggest reader. What is your favorite genre when you're reading? You know, I just like to read novels. I read, um, oh, I don't know, 
I like to read mysteries. I like to read, I, I like uh, writing styles. And so if I find an author who I really like, I'll go through all of their books and be disappointed when I'm, when I've, I've read them all. <laughs> Anita Shreve is one that I really like. Um, so just, you know, novels and um, I just, well, I'll read anything that's put in front of me. And I very rarely, if, even if it's bad, I can't put it aside. I have to finish it. <laughs> I, I rarely don't finish a book. So oh, that's interesting. Probably because you can't wait. Bad or good, you want to see what happens at the end. I'm the other way. If it doesn't grab me right away, I'm, I kind of move on. Maybe because I read for a living for so long and I learned how to really skim read things too, because if you have to give a book talk on 30 books and you don't have time to read all of them, um, you know, a few, a bit of the beginning, a bit of the end and a little bit in the middle and the front and back cover. And then I was good to go about what the book was about. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I too enjoy reading I find that I don't have as much time as I would like now that I'm blogging full time. Right. I don't have the time either. Yeah. If I slept well at night, I probably wouldn't read at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I'm not a great sleeper, but I enjoy my sleep. So I know if I, if I started to read a book, I wouldn't go, I, it would keep me up all night probably. So anyway, as we wrap this up, I just have a few more questions for you. Um, what book are you reading right now when, since we're talking about books? I just finished the latest John Grisham novel. Oh. <laughs> so nothing very deep. No. Um, my, um, my dad loves John Grisham. And so I got him the book for Christmas mm -hmm. and I thought I would read it since he was reading it. Yeah. I like his books too. They're, they're a fun. Fun and pretty quick. Know. Yeah. Quick read is. Yeah. Right. Um, and what is something that most people don't know about you? Um, that I play the violin, maybe. Uh, not really well, but I love it. My brother's the musician in the family. And um, I grew up in a pretty musical home and loving music, but not with the talent that my brother had. But I try. So um, I play the piano, the accordion, and the violin and get them out at Christmas and we play Christmas carols together. And it's just a fun family kind of thing. Very cool, They're very cool. I, I, I don't know that about you, but I don't know why, but I would, I'm not surprised. Oh. <laughs> and okay. I, have, I have a cousin who lives somewhere near you. I'll have to figure out exactly where. He is a fabulous musician who plays all kinds of inf instruments and he's in some kind of a local symphony orchestra well we have a symphony orchestra in our town is he, it the maryland is it the maryland symphony orchestra it very well could be it very well could be his hey, name is jonathan simonson hmm okay I'll, I'll, have have to, I'll have to double check i'll look at his um social media account and find out for sure exactly where he's at but i know he always posts when they're when they're playing something, so. And what is a personal goal for you this year? It can be about anything. Well, it really is about blogging. My, my personal goal is to take my blog to the next level, to really put some time into it, no matter what it takes, <laughs> and just get it off the ground. 
it's just been kind of floundering because I, I don't have the time for it. Um, but I'm really hoping that I can do that this year. Just make the time. Well, and hopefully with our little blog hop group that that'll inspire you to at least get, like you said, at least those two posts will go out every month. Yes. And I know that, um, I really started doing better when I was in doing things with other people because there's so much about blogging that no one tells you about. You think it's just writing and there's so much behind the scenes things that can be incredibly frustrating. And for me, that was the thing that would stop me in my tracks and I'd put it aside for months sometimes at it, you know, before I'd be like, okay, let's try this again. Um, but I feel now that I've finally gotten over that hurdle and I can just enjoy the ride and do the writing. And that's good here because that's really what's happening to me. There's so much to learn about what goes into it besides writing it. The writing part for me is not the difficult part. Right. It's, it's everything else. Yeah. I, I, I'm Making right sure there with you. Right. Um, Making sure somebody reads it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that's, that's a whole nother learning curve, you know, um, having the whole SEO piece of it was a real eye opener for me, but uh, that too becomes um, something that you kind of learn how, how to write it the way that Google wants you to write it. And that, it does become a, a, a habit after a while. Um, I used, it used to take me days to write a blog post. Now I can write a blog post in a couple hours. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll get there. You'll get there. And we're right behind there helping you out. And um, I do want to add, too, that we're also so excited about you being in our group and so thankful that you wanted to um, join us on this little journey. And um, because you are a, a pretty prolific reader. You've been so helpful with us with ideas for books. Um, We picked out all 12 for the whole year, which is so exciting. Um, We haven't talked about how we're going to, how and when we're going to like reveal each month's book. We probably should. So, um, but that's something I'm really looking forward to. And I'm sure you are too. Yes, I am. Thank you. Well, thank you, Erin, for being on my podcast. And thanks to all my listeners. And I will talk to you all again next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Large Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform so you'll be reminded when there's a new episode. Your positive likes and ratings and reviews are always appreciated as they will help this podcast to grow. You can find all the ways to follow Living Large in a Small House in the show notes.